in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast here with another Potential Pick. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my dragon master and, uh, you know, fighter supreme co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing Walt Disney Pictures' latest film, Raya and the Last Dragon. This was written by Kui Nguyen and Adele Lim and directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada. Uh, This, of course, has been available either via Disney Plus with the premiere access or where theaters are open. It's kind of neat that we both got to see this film in a different format. I saw it via TV with the premiere access and Taylor did get to see it in theaters. So Taylor, Ray and the Last Dragon, the latest and greatest from Walt Disney uh, you know, our last film with them was Frozen 2, pre all the pandemic. You know, nothing else came out last year, really. So this is, uh, this is again, a kind of unique film for them, uh, taking a lot of inspiration from more Southeast Asian cultures. And uh, it's really a heavy adventure action flick with uh, definitely some fantasy elements in there. So uh, what what say you about Raya and the Last Dragon? What say I? Well, I will say I definitely, I really enjoyed several aspects of this film, but there were some aspects that I thought were lacking. What I thought was great was the, the visuals, the colors. I thought there's some really great action in the story. I also love the, the voice casting for this. There was a great uh, variety of, you know, fantastic performers. Also, uh, especially um, Asian performers to really kind of fit into this time period and this style of casting. So I thought that the representation was very well done. I really liked the the concept and the storyline. But, you know, what kind of um, dropped it for me a little bit was, uh, you know, certain th- parts of the story were kind of felt like a little bit reused, recycled from, you know, you've seen that kind of story before of like, oh, there's this, there's this quest I have to do to rebuild things, and and uh, I have this enemy, but now they're going to be my friend. So I didn't feel like it added something new uh, necessarily to uh, the adventure. But I thought what was really great was it does give you a very strong female protagonist, which I think mm-hmm. has been a really kind of call to arms in recent films in the last couple of years. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. So uh, first off, I will commend that is it is a great voice cast. Uh, first off, I have Kelly Marie Tran, of course, was in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. She's playing Rhea here, and she is. She's a fierce, uh, you know, badass warrior. She's had to kind of make do living by herself for a long time due to a certain plot point. And she does have a great uh, trusty partner slash steed of this kind of like Madillo character i guess you can call name tuck tuck who actually fun fact is voiced by alan tudyk a long time now disney voice actor since uh frozen really and um that was actually really i think really cool like like you said i think there's a lot of great visual components in this there's a lot of visual quality to this that is eye-popping it's very colorful 
you know, we, you know, Rhea is from one of these five different kind of tribes, if you will, or lands, and each of the different places have their own kind of way of living and their own kind of uh, their outfits. And it's a divided kind of, you know, it's this idea of like, oh, we once were one peaceful land and now we're five divided lands, which of course we started making the comparison to this feels a very uh, borrowed from Avatar The Last Airbender in that format. Um, and we've seen it probably in other types of movies as well where it just felt like okay so we have these five different things that each have their own kind of special unique look and what they do and in very video game fashion you know the kind of main plot of this of this whole movie is that there is essentially this this kind of energy ball that kind of you know keeps everyone in peace and it's been shattered into five shards so each of the lands has one shard and so Rhea has to go through to get all the shards to make it whole again it's a very video game one-on-one that's what i'll you know i look back at games like zelda there's a lot of that where it's like all right you have to go get those three things to make the next puzzle and so it did feel in some ways like yeah that it just felt like not the most original story and then like you did touch on something here is we have Gemma chan playing namari who also was a very uh fierce warrior and she is from the enemy land of Fang territory. And she does start off for most of this movie as more of a villain character, but it's not the traditional Disney villain where like she's villain through and through, you know, there's layers there and there's some plot points that kind of change things. And I feel like it needed a little more stake. And then we have this weird, uh, we have this weird kind of force that, um, isn't quite really ever explained to the point that I understood it, but we have this kind of force that's going through this world that is essentially turning people into stone. It's this kind of purple demonic force that felt like we've seen in other movies. Again, I didn't feel like it was, you know, but then again, I don't really know with some of these areas of Southeast Asia, if there was maybe some stories or legends that they were looking into to kind of tie this whole story together. Um, So yeah, some of that, was a little lost on me i will say i think what would have served the story better to add more of the gravitas and kind of the emotional connection is i thought it would have been better suited this as we see now you know tv shows are becoming more of a way of better storytelling because you have time to tell the story this story would have been better suited for maybe a limited tv series or something kind of stretched out you know she meets these characters and she kind of formed like a pseudo family because she's been on her own. But I don't feel we I didn't feel like a huge connection to these characters. I didn't feel like I cared about anyone invested. And we talked about this, Chris, that I didn't really care about any character. I wasn't made to feel like, oh, I really love that character. Or, I mean, even the adorable con baby. I felt nothing for this child. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the little guy with the boat. I mean, maybe him. But you don't really feel the the set. Because the one thing about it is all the loved ones that have been turned to stone, we can get them back. So it wasn't like people were gone forever. You know, Mm -hmm. no one was truly gone. So that sort of thing, like there was no like stakes and also the connection with the main villain and the main protagonist. It's like, you know, Oh, we were kind of friends for a few minutes. Like, no, you guys were like kindergartners on a playground and you fought and then you never talked to him again. That's no, it's not the same. You know? um, So I kind of was bummed the fact that, 
I felt like a little bit cheated, like where I was supposed to feel good and excited about these characters, but I wasn't. And I tried. Oh, I tried. And feeling that, you know, effect and the power of, you know, seeing it in a theater, especially with some really great visuals and effects, it was great. And I will say, character, voice actress, who was very underused or utilized for this was Aquafina, who plays the titular Last Dragon. She, I find very funny. She's she's really great, fantastic young female comedian who is has a lot of credits to her name, and she's I've, I've heard her, and she's got amazing comedy chops. I don't think she got enough comedy to work with in this. There was not enough of great lines from her, and I feel like they cut a lot of probably her good stuff. Yeah, it just felt like not the best written stuff for her, and I, you know. I, the only really one that made me laugh pretty hard uh, or laugh at all really was the one that was in the trailer. It was about the group project. Uh, that was about it. It just felt like a lot of jokes were like too put on or like it didn't, it just like what they were trying too hard. And I felt like, yeah, they was someone that has, who has a, really a master at improv and a master really at, at her kind of more edgy comedy. I felt like they, they needed to have a little bit more of that here. Now from a visual standpoint, uh, the dragon sisu looks amazing has the really disney look with the eyes and everything and there's some really cool effects in here with the magic and kind of what her powers are she kind of gets more of her family's power throughout this movie so again the it really is a visual feast um and there is some really cool action sequences but yeah i, I feel 100 with you i didn't have any hearts in this i didn't care about anyone nothing made me like cry not that every disney movie is going to but typically with disney you kind of attach to someone and you kind of get invested in the story. You know, I, I look at someone like Moana. I felt more for Moana and her story than I would for Rhea in this story because I felt there was more at stake. And, you know, with her and like her grandma, it's more of a story that I connect to than here where, I mean, yeah, she's trying to get her dad back, but it didn't really feel enough for me to like care about it, I guess. But I will say what's always neat about, you know, looking at a film like this, which is again, supposed to be heavily themed, in more Asian cultures, Southeast Asian cultures, we do get a pretty predominant uh, Asian American voice cast here. Again, we already said Kelly Marie Tran and of course Aquafina, but we have Jim Chan, as I mentioned, we have Daniel Day Kim, Benedict Wong, Sandra Oh. So we have, you know, some pretty good, you know, big name uh, actors that are in this. So at least there's that going on. Um, so, you know, this is one of those tough things where I think maybe my experience might have had a little bit more to it had I got to seen this in the theater like you. Um, but it's not one that off just one viewing I'm looking to revisit often. I think maybe down the line, I'll try it again, see if it's changed for me. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was just kind of like, I, in no way was it bad. It just said, I guess maybe I, I thought I had more high expectations for it and it's a fun for like an action flick, but as a Disney movie where typically it's a lot more heart, uh, I feel like that was missing and lacking. And again, just a little yeah, more original. There, no plot tear, there was no heart. tears jerked for you. No, but I will say, this is just a side note, maybe because I was hungry when I watched it, I don't know. A lot of the food looked so really cool. Oh my gosh, that soup. They, they animated yeah. soup so well. Like, I don't even know how they did that. I mean, I'm always <laughs> amazed when they animate water or like, you know, liquid things in, in animated movies and there's a lot of that in this you know sisu is a water dragon so she does a lot of these things in the water 
but man, like the soup looks so real. It was just, that was just incredible. So, you know, I don't know where this is going to land. And again, this is one of those things where like we, this is how we felt with Mulan. Mulan was their first try at this premiere access on Disney plus where, you know, I think three months after they released that it's available for the normal Disney plus subscribers. So don't know where this is going to land for them. I, in no way do I think it's a, it's a dud. I just think that I expected a lot more from this film. Well, and yeah, and I think, um, especially with it being premiere access, I think that, um, you know, it can be tough, but I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful for future stuff, but I was very excited for this film, especially with Kelly Marie Tran uh, coming off of Star Wars and going into this is really exciting for her and uh, Aquafina getting more, more content out there that I get to see her and I I've enjoyed her in the last several films that she's been in. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. So, but yeah, definitely if you, uh, especially with still going on with the COVID, if you get a chance uh, premiere access to check this out with, if you have Disney plus or a friend do that, or if any of the local theaters in your area open, you know, we recommend, you know, go checking out for yourself uh, to enjoy a nice night out in the theater, especially you can't be in seeing a movie and with Disney in theaters, if you can. Yeah. I mean, the animation is outstanding and you know, it's great music. And again, it's very colorful and there's a lot going on in it. So there's, there's a lot going for it. I just, you know, I think when you're nitpicking it down to the, like we do, some things come in better, but definitely go check out whether it's on Premiere Access or in a theater, however you can get it, Raya and the Last Dragon. And that was this week's Potential Pick. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.